Hello, hello, hello. It's me, your pal Larry. I'm here with another episode of the Mercurial Podcast. Thank you for being here. How is everyone doing today? Are you doing well? Are you doing well? Can you tell I've had a lot of sugar? <laughs> I've had a lot of sugar in the last half hour. Um, Halloween is qu- quickly approaching. <laughs> um, my favorite holiday, uh, if you've listened to the last episode, it's Halloween. Um, you'll quickly hear the passion, um, the excitement, the, the thrill of it all in my voice. Um, and then I thought I'd just continue because I was like, I was still on that history website. I was learning about all these like weird scoopy things, scoopy, scoopy, spooky things. And I was like, you know what? Let's just talk about it a little bit more. Um, that's sick. Anyway, <laughs> I hope everyone is well. Um, I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited to have that fire, that passion to rant about random things um, like I'm doing right now. And I'm excited because I've got this really new microphone that Michael gave to me and I listened back to the last episode just like a little few seconds. I don't like to listen back to these because I cringe hard and usually I just wait for somebody to tell me that something's fucked up. But I was sitting back and I was like, wow, the clarity. (laughs) So, you know, I'm pretty excited today. Um, Let me just have a quick sip of this beverage. And I thought, let's talk about something else today. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Let's just get into it. Woo! A lot of cultures outside of the West have a really, really strongly developed um, sense of folklore. It's its own body of culture shared by this particular group of people um, where they've shared traditional beliefs, their customs, stories about the community that they live in or their families and passed down through generations by word of mouth. And it encompasses something common to that particular culture or group. Um, sometimes it's just a joke. Sometimes it's a proverb. But the ones that I'm really interested in other tales specifically the spooky tales and the country of the philippines has a particular folklore tale about something so horrible that even to this day my friends are asking me to withhold from bringing the topic up in conversation and of course i'm talking about the aswang In 2009, a family reports the death of a two-day-old baby boy in the Iloilo province of the Philippines. They believe he was killed by an aswang. The father, who didn't want to be identified, said their son was born on a Monday and then died for unknown reasons a day later. He told reporters he was alarmed because he'd been hearing indescribable sounds the night that the baby had died. Their four-year-old child also said that they had seen the aswang on top of the sibling. When the family checked the dead body of their baby the next day, they found several marks on the child. Blood clots on the legs and ears were also found. It all strengthened their belief that a certain old lady, dubbed to be aswang, was the culprit. In 2014... A 34-year-old man beheads his 70-year-old mother 
believing she's an Aswang. After he tied her legs and hands and then tried to attack her with a bamboo stick. Purely because he thought her looks kept on changing and that was synonymous with Aswang activity. In 2015, a man accidentally kills his daughter, mistaking her for an Aswang after she was entering the home after attending a village dance party. At the time, the village was experiencing somewhat of an Aswang hysteria. The whole village was alarmed. She had snuck out that night to go to the party and so snuck back in and her father shot her dead before he verified who it was who had entered his home. The Aswang hysteria at that time was so strong that they started organising village patrols against the suspected mythical creature even though the authorities were downplaying the activity as dog attacks on the people in the area. In 2018... Penaynews.net reported a man named Jipoy Taberna um, who suspected he was being attacked by an Aswang in the middle of the night. He said someone with very sharp nails or claws and a strong grip was holding his neck still and he felt pain on his neck, but he didn't see his attacker's face. He's tried to free himself of the tight grip of what he believed was an Aswang and put up a fight before he eventually screamed for help, which panicked the attacker that released him and then jumped from the terrace where he was sleeping to the ground some 10 feet below. Taberna was convinced his attacker had supernatural powers. And he said after the attacker jumped to the ground from a considerable height, the apparent Aswang appeared unhurt and quickly climbed over the high concrete fence of the compound and disappeared into the darkness. Another member of the household staff that night who was awoken by the shouts claimed to have also seen the Aswang jump over the fence to flee. As you've heard, these are modern day horror tales. These are recent events as early as two years ago, people still claiming they're being attacked by an Aswang. So what is it? What is an Aswang? What is this boogeyman that terrorizes the Philippines? It's kind of an embodiment of a whole series of different supernatural creatures, but most commonly described as a shape-shifting evil spirit, a combination of a vampire, a ghoul, a witch, a werebeast. But unlike vampires, Aswangs are considered daywalkers because they're not harmed by sunlight. But they are at their weakest during the day because they do not possess the superhuman strength during the daylight hours. To identify an Aswang, all you need to do is look for bloodshot eyes. It's a sign of the fact that they've stayed up all night long searching houses for where their wakes are being held so they could steal the bodies. And they only hunt in the darkness because that's when they believe God is asleep. The Aswang is apparently similar to humans. They experience a wide range of emotions. They get angry, they get sad, they can feel humiliation, they can feel happiness, they can even form friendships. And if they make these so-called friendships, they do not cause harm to their friends or their neighbours. Majority of the Aswangs are usually depicted as being female, but 
they walk with their feet positioned backwards. So if you see footsteps approaching you, usually indicates the aswang has walked away from you in that direction. So instead of walking heel to toe, imagine it's like foot to heel. They also make a clicking noise, but the quieter the sound is, the closer they are to you. They get quieter and quieter to fall victims into thinking that they're walking further away and establish a false sense of safety. So the louder the noise is, the safer off you are. If you were living in a village, the song could be a quiet or shy neighbour during the day, but it's at night when they transform into bloodthirsty animals. The most common forms of the Aswangs be the tick-tick and the wak-wak, um, named for the sounds they make when they're hunting, and they turn into these large birds. Um, there's also one called the Zegben, which transforms into a Tasmanian devil. They can also transform into a crow, bat, boar, cat or dog, usually black in colour. They can also transform the into the appearance of objects, much like transfiguration in Harry Potter. Um, so what they do is they will replace a, a live victim or a stolen cadaver with replicas that they've made from a tree trunk or some other plant. Then they use this doppelganger um, to fool people into believing they haven't been attacked, who eventually dies off. Um, apparently due to natural causes to avoid suspicion. The other thing the Aswangs do is they eat the hearts and livers of unborn fetuses and young children. Um, they attack using their proboscis, which is like a really, really young tongue that comes out of their mouth, sucks into a mother's room to retrieve their meal while the woman is asleep. These creatures are quick. They are deadly. They are so skinny they can hide behind a bamboo post. And when they hunt, they're hunting far away from their home territory so that they're, you know... The suspicion doesn't fall upon them from the other villagers because as soon as people find out or suspect that they're in Aswan, they'll be attacked immediately, much like those reports I just summarised for you before. There's also something called Amananangal, which is, to me, one of the more frightful versions of the Aswang. It's um, the Wakwak version of this leaves behind half of its torso when it transforms in the middle of the night. So if I could describe to you the top half of a female torso with wings sprouting out of its back and guts hanging from its torso. Frightful. But the thing is about the Aswang, if they marry a human, because remember, you can befriend an Aswang, you can live with one. And if they marry one, their partner will transform into an Aswang as well on their wedding day. But it is very, very rare for aswangs to breed and reproduce together if an aswang couple lives together they hunt alone because they do not sharing food do not like to share the food um, also helps them from getting detected hunting together they don't hunt together um, these creatures crazy there's so many things like you don't understand how much information there is on this aswang here on the internet I mean, if you wanted to kill one, you could use garlic, salt, holy water, rosary, prayers, decapitation, a crucifix. Um, you can use the tail of a stingray to whip them. 
because the sound of the tail slashing through the air apparently is like a kryptonite kind of a thing. Um, they can't step into wholly consecrated ground. So no temples, no mosques, no churches. Um, if a home has been protected by a special prayer, they can't walk through the doorway. But there's, this is a creature that has infiltrated Filipino history so so well that there is even a old saying that translates to an aswang is better than a thief um, and apparently this is because the aswangs who live during the day still have some sort of you know witchy powers some of them provide healing potions or they can cast helpful, helpful spells for townsfolk um, and because they're friendly that's why people think they're better than thieves um, if you wanted to identify an Aswang, if you look into their eyes, your reflection in their eyeball will be upside down. Um, there's so many things like I can't even go into. Like, I, I don't have enough time to discuss how much information there is about Aswangs here on the internet. It's a creature that terrorized who has who apparently terrorized the philippines for hundreds of years they stalk its prey in the shadows of your town your neighborhood your home it's making a tick tick noise it's crazy it's the thing that's every bump in the night every boogeyman this thing is this grotesque creature that just it's become a catch-all description for the most evil creature that lurks in the night so each province of the philippines has a different explanation of what the aswang is or like i said vampires witches ghouls viscera suckers were animals were beasts i think that's what they called them but a lot of these descriptions are so vague um, and I struggled to find any real first-hand accounts of an interaction with a beast of this nature. So I started to dig a little bit deeper, find out the real history behind the Aswang. And I stumbled across this website called theculturetrip.com. Um, they had a lot of information about the Aswang, um, the vampire ghouls of the Philippines. So let's share a little bit of that information, shall we? The term aswang originated from the Filipino word aswang, which means dog, because a lot of aswangs typically take the form of a dog. And at the time, while these mythical creatures made for a terrifying bedtime story, um, there is apparently a lot of scientific explanation behind aswangs and how they came to be. And a lot of it has to do with the Malay people who migrated through to the Philippines in the 13th century, bringing their supernatural beliefs through, um, introducing them into the Filipino population. In Malaysian folklore, they have a creature called Penangal, uh, which is pretty much this beautiful woman of varying ages who's attained physical beauty through black magic. Um, the Penangal was a female wedwife 
um, who had made a pact with a demon to gain supernatural powers. And in return, they have to refrain from eating any meat for a period of 40 days. However, during this period, the pact has been broken. And because of that, a curse is bestowed upon the Penangal to become a blood-sucking demon. So keep that in mind. In pre-colonial Philippines, the female leader of a community was called a Babaylan. Um, these leaders played this super important role in healing the sick of the village, communicating with spirits. Um, and so at the time when the Spaniards were attempting to colonize the Philippines, they spread all this propaganda about these crazy beliefs of the natives um, and pretty much poo-pooed them all to convert them to Catholicism, right? So what they did is they demonized a lot of the practices of the Babaylan um, practicing in these villages, which is kind of why Aswangs are always like, and like, you know, you have this leader of a village who's a demon witch doing all this bad juju and then you have the Aswang who is also a mostly female character. Um, There's a whole bunch of political upheavals in Capiz. This is the province where the Aswangs were often identified um, to counter the Spanish government of the time. And so in refute of that, the Spanish would call these Babaylans Aswangs. And so this particular province in Visayas, which I think is like the middle area of the Philippines or the, the bottom bottom half, um, has also often been dubbed the home of the Aswangs. The reason why they still believe in the shape-shifting culture, um, a lot of it has to do with a really strong sense of folklore, I believe. Um, a lot of the stories are passed down parent to child, grandparent to grandchild, um, as tradition. Um, they still use the aswang to scare children and they it's kind of like a scapegoat. So whenever there's something unexplainable in a rural community, it's blamed on the aswang. Whether that's due to convenience or laziness, who knows. If you go to YouTube, there is a film called The Aswang Phenomenon full documentary on the Filipino vampire, which is actually quite interesting. Um, sorry, I just swear I am. I, I just saw some of the comments on this video and this guy's written, Aswang are not scary. Filipino politicians are way more harmful. Too right, my dude. Um, and I'm just reading some of the comments. They have comments from Filipino uh, viewers uh, this guy, John Reggie Adlawan, says, I am Filipino and I know that it is already in our culture. I liked the I liked the documentary, but the comments below made me sad because many of us Filipinos are so arrogant and seem to be denying the truth about our culture. You can all comment your opinions, but hopefully not that disrespectful. It only shows that the saying that goes and then he writes something in Tagalog, which I don't understand. So he's pretty much just saying, just stop talking shit and be nice. Um... So apparently the documentary covers the whole concept regarding the Aswang. I think I watched this one. Or I watched one. I thought I watched one that maybe had like five parts to it. I don't remember. Um, Aswang and all his evil followers are in the government. Good lord. 
This guy's written, it's real. Many Filipinos encountered, even me, I encountered once the human beast. There's a video caught by police. I swung in the prison, but it's deleted on YouTube. Um, hmm. I have a friend of mine who was in the Philippines a couple years ago now. And she she believes that swung is true. Um, she's one of the people who told me not to even mention the word. It was kind of like Voldemort. She didn't want to conjure any, you know, swung over here. And she told me she was in a rental car driving through a particular village. They were going from one place to another. And they had been warned not to go after dark. But being Westerners, they were like, it's okay, we've got to make time. We'll just go and we'll get there late. doesn't matter. It's only a couple of hours to go up north or something. I can't remember what she said. And... As they passed through this town, she said it was like a ghost town. It was completely empty. It was sunset. So the sun hadn't completely gone down yet. Um, But it was completely empty. And she thought it was really weird. And as they're driving along, they see something in the middle of the road. And they thought it was a person. So they've stopped the car abruptly. Her husband slams on the brakes. And he thought he hit something. So... He went to go get out of the car, but my friend, she's like, no, something doesn't feel right. Um, And then she feels this really, really cold, like the temperature just drops and gets ice cold. And she's freaking out. She's like, fuck this. Nope. She wants to lock the doors and keep going, but her husband's concerned. He's a good guy. He wants to make sure no one's hurt. And he gets out of the car to check, but there's nothing there. Not even, no, not a rock. I mean, it is like an unpaved road, but nothing there to indicate like what could what could have been they could have come into contact with. And so my friend, she's looking around. Everything's completely deserted. Um, and she's freaking out and screaming at her husband to get back in the car. And she said she felt ice cold. Like she was actually shivering. Husband gets in the cold. They turn the heater on and then they drive off. And then the temperature just goes back to normal in the span of a couple of minutes like it just it's the further they drove away from it the warmer it got and then um they turned the heater off and i was just like well were you in a valley like was there a separate weather system <laughs> she was she told me hard out no she thinks they're in the presence of an aswang she was hysterical she's like angry at her husband because he got out of the car so you know i mean, just to give you the depth of of how people how strongly people believe in this um it's intense but there's also some additional information that i read that could possibly debug or debunk i should say this whole aswang tale and it all goes back to the saying that um there's always a little bit of truth in a myth because of a sort of story develops from somewhere, right? And so, if you look at it through an anthropological lens, there are two possibilities or two sources of what could have inspired the legend of the Aswang in the Philippines. Number one could be the behavior of the wildlife within the region. And I say this because this is in relation to creatures they believe were conducting these horrible acts could be that there was a wild dog suddenly you know 
out of nowhere gets a taste for human flesh. Um, you don't know. Um, it could be a manipulation on a tale or an original folk legend that was passed on. That's, you know, like Chinese whispers. Things evolve over time. The main one, though, the additional one, is the prominence of the ex-linked dystonia Parkinsonism um, sort of genetic thing. Um, so it's a condition, it's a genetic condition found almost entirely among men of Filipino descent. Um, and it's also known as XDP, which is the dystonia of Panay, um, which is because most of the cases can be traced back to a common ancestor in Panay. And even now, in most recent studies, 90-odd percent of these cases are located on Panay Island. 63% of those in Capiz, which is treated as the home um, of the Aswang. And so pretty much what happens is individuals diagnosed with disease have these debilitating system, symptoms that put them in a transforming state. Their, their bodies are twisted, their tongues come out of their mouths, they're salivating. Um, and because this order is endemic to this particular region and has been for generations, they think for the visible symptoms of this disease have been interpreted as a major contribution to... Um, the stories that have come out of Capiz as the home of the Aswang. So people, even now, people afflicted with this disease are branded as Aswang and they're socially ostracized. Their families don't get them effective medical treatment and they force them, force them to isolate away from the larger community. Such is the stigma surrounding the Aswang in the Philippines. It's wild. <laughs> is seriously wild um i mean like i said at the beginning of this people were shooting killing family members because they suspected them of being aswangs it's so deeply ingrained in their culture i mean um, i have friends who who believe it they've never seen one but they believe it exists anyway (laughs) um There's so many things. I mean, the the more you go into it's, it, this goes deep beyond the whole Aswang thing. Their culture, and especially the influence on their society, and even now, the superstitions, the cultures that they follow, a lot of them tied to um, countermeasures against Aswangs. I mean, literally. I mean, even in in their culture now, for example, right? Widows and widowers, they don't remarry until at least a year after their spouse has passed because their new spouse might be mistaken for the old one. Aswang vibes. Mm -hmm. True story. Um, In some parts of Luzon, orphans will wear red strips of cloth around their wrists, their necks, their waists, um, as a countermeasure against ghouls because red presents fire represents fire um, and also explains why <laughs> peasant Filipinos or prefer red clothing in their dancing and in their costumes um, because the ghouls have really poor vision they just see fire very good hearing very poor vision true story someone dies um, and they're lying in state, 
the people don't sweep the floor um, while they're in state because they're worried that it will spread the scent of death around the area and attract ghouls. True story. All of it because of the Aswang. And so there you have it. The Aswang. A creature, an umbrella creature used to encompass ghouls, witches, wares, vampires, all of the above. A terrible creature haunting the Philippines. <sighs> I leave you with a historical account um, by Father Juan de Placencia, Customs of the Tagalogs. The sixth was called Silagan, whose office it was, if they saw anyone clothed in white, to tear out his liver and eat it, thus causing his death. This, like the preceding, was in the island of Catuduanes. Let no one, moreover, consider this a fable, because in Calavan they tore out, in this way, through the anus, all the intestines of a Spanish notary who was buried in Calilaya by Father Fray Juan de Merida. The seventh was called Magta Tangal, and his purpose was to show himself at night to many persons without his head or entrails. In such wise the devil walked about and carried or pretended to carry his head to different places, and in the morning returned it to his body, remaining as before alive. This seems to me to be a fable, although the natives affirm that they have seen it, because the devil probably caused them so to believe. This occurred in Katanduanas. The eighth they called Oswang, which is equivalent to sorcerer, they say that they have seen him fly and that he murdered men and ate their flesh. This was among the Visayas Islands, among the Tagalos. These did not exist. Anyway, if you want to see more information on the Aswangs, they're all over the Filipino television and film. Um, you can see them on the TV series Juan de la Cruz. The Aswangs are primary antagonists. There's an episode of Blood Moon in CSI, which refers to an Aswang. Um, they describe it as a hybrid cross between vampire and werewolf. Um, where is it? There's apparently one in season three, episode 14 of Grimm called Mummy Dearest. <laughs> uh, said to be added aswang which sustained itself by sucking the amniotic fluid from a pregnant woman using its tongue to pierce the abdomen and amniotic sac via the mother's umbilicus um they're in films called surviving evil i think i was back in 2009 um it's about some documentary filmmakers who go to the philippines only to discover a colony of shape-shifting carnivorous aswang um, Vampire 2016, another uh, American horror film, which follows a team of hunters um, who encounter an Aswang. Um, it compromises the mission for one of their members. It's briefly mentioned in some other film called The Forbidden Room. Um, and there's a whole bunch of Philippine horror and thriller films, and some of them are like really like, you know, like really campy horror, like the really good shit. Um, Maria Labo, Aswang, Korozan, Ang Unang Aswang, Shake, Rattle and Roll, um, which apparently is a series. So they said particularly Shake, Rattle and Roll 2, Shake, Rattle and Roll 2K5 and Shake, Rattle and Roll 8. Um, and of course, the Aswang Phenomenon, which is the 2011 documentary that I referred to that is on YouTube. I encourage you to go check it out because 
this shit is wild. It's so, I don't know, it's so much more interesting to me than the ordinary Western horror stories. So, without further ado, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Um, hit us up on Instagram at Mercurial Podcast. See you at Mercurial Podcast at gmail.com. And I'll, I'm, yeah, I mean, look, I've got fixed shifts now, more or less. So um, expect an episode every Sunday or Monday. You're welcome. Peace. Bye.